I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Al Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Welcome back, Al Pellets fans. Becky Haddad along with Brian Myers is joining me today to talk about um, a study that uh, Savannah Schrader, Pong Lu, and Matt Baker are here to talk about. So I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves first. Hi, my name is Savannah Schrader. I am an ag teacher at Deer Park High School. I'm excited to be here. Uh, hi, my name is Pong Lu. I'm a postdoc from Texas A&M University. And I'm so excited to be here to share our study. And I'm Matt Baker. I'm department head and professor at Texas A&M. And I would like to introduce the silent one in this and one that couldn't be here. And this Dr. Scott Burris at Texas Tech uh, was instrumental in this study as well. Well, first of all, Savannah, thanks for being here. It's great to have real live ag teachers on this podcast. I, I, I appreciate Pung and Matt being here. And whenever we can talk about Scott Burris when he's not here, I love to do that as well. Uh, but we, we really appreciate having Savannah, you, you take time uh, as an ag teacher uh, doing this kind of stuff. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And I think that's a great, great transition. So Savannah, tell us a little bit about why, why this study and how it got started and, and what you did. Um, so about four and a half, five years ago, um, I was started my master's program and I was approached by Dr. Burris. And if you know Dr. Burris, he is an excited man. He loves research. Um, and we had two um, technologies that he wanted to try out. And one of them was an eye tracker. So it tracked your eyes as you were reading. Um, another one was uh, measuring your biophysiological um, I guess, responses. And so one of the things that we wanted to see was if a college student or a student in general is reading a passage, what does that look like with the eyes? Um, and then also along with that, being a high school teacher, you, all of us know their attention span is super short. Um, reading may not necessarily be on their mind. So um, having an opportunity to use a cognitive strategy such as SQ5R, um, being able to chunk it into um, smaller sections, understanding it, what's the bigger picture here, and kind of being able to see it on the eye tracker and how does it affect your stress responses. Um, and so we ran with it and it was an amazing study. So, so breaking news, you're telling me high school students have short attention spans? Is that correct? <laughs> I know, crazy, right? Um, yes, they definitely do. And I did not believe my professors whenever they told me their attention span is literally seven seconds. I'm in my fourth year of teaching and I have definitely learned that um, they have a very short attention span, maybe even less than seven seconds. Just for context, seven seconds is a shorter attention span than a goldfish has. Goldfish uh, yeah. have 10. Like, right, right, I know. Short, short, short. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry, so. sorry, Becky. What did what did you say? It took like you said it took longer yeah. than seven seconds to say and that. Then I forgot Brian. what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what uh, what you learned, and 
I got to stay focused. Otherwise, uh, we'll be doing and talking about things completely other than uh, research and and things that will help our ag teachers. So I, I got to keep us focused here. But um, tell tell us a little bit about what you found and what's that mean for you in the classroom and other ag teachers across the country. Um, well, for me, definitely seeing the change in on the eye tracker, you could see that the first time they read through the passage, they were just blowing through it, trying to, I guess, read through it as fast as they could and answer the questions. Um, they then learned about SQ5R and had an opportunity to go back and read two different passages and answer more questions. And what we saw was that um, their change in responses, the way they read it was different. So they scanned through it first, they then questioned, what did they read? Um, and then they were able to chunk it better. So I guess from an ag teacher's perspective, whether they know it or not, if they're using SQ5R or not, they are definitely um, chunking information I know I can speak for my students, I guess. My students are very hands-on learners. They are not um, into reading all the time and it's hard to get them to focus in the classroom, but um, being able to help them question what they're reading, like, what did we just read about? What does this have anything to do with what we're learning and how can we apply it in the lab setting or in real life, for example? Um, but I'm sure Pong definitely has some more information on the research side of things as well. Before we get to the research side of things, could you quick spell out for everybody what SQ5R is? Because some people might have already shut, shut us off thinking it's a research methodology right. that they don't want to hear about. <laughs> right. Um, so SQ5R is really just chunking it into smaller um, portions, I guess, trying to chunk it to where you can understand and apply it. Um, I'm sure now SQ5R has probably turned into like SQ10R, but um, for the research side of things, it was scan, question, read, respond, record, recite, and review. Um, so it's just an opportunity to read through it and then in your own mind or maybe on a piece of paper, write down like maybe the questions you had and then go from there. So as we get to the little more, what does that look like in the classroom for folks? And and the, the way I'm saying this, how do you how do you keep the students from revolting when you tell them I want you to read this five times? Right. Um, so they typically don't know that they're doing it, but for example, the other day, um, we are in the middle of a lesson where they're about to do a debate against um Ellen came out with a response and then about not eating meat and how it affects our economy and our health. And then um, the rancher wrote a response to Ellen. And so reading the letter that the rancher read or wrote to Ellen, obviously it was a really long letter. They didn't really have the interest to read it, but reading it out loud to them, kind of taking time to pause, ask questions, chunking it, um, letting them, I guess, understand in a different way. Um, that's what it looks like in my classroom. Um, we obviously don't read every day for our assignments, but um, that is just an example of how it is in the classroom, just kind of helping them understand um, what we're reading, why we're reading it, because you know their favorite question is, why do we have to learn this? 
Um, so kind of, I guess, helping them assist them along the way. Yeah, there, there are two takeaways, if I might jump in, there are two takeaways to me or two connections really. Uh, and it goes back a long time for my career, but one of the things we learned when we first got into the critical thinking research is um, you need to make the implicit explicit. So it doesn't hurt to review with students some reading strategies to help them focus on the text at hand. Although, you know, and, and, and to me that what I saw was like two, two groups of students, the students that love to read, that embrace reading. Um, and we were talking about this before the broadcast, but at her first school, at Savannah's first school, she said when students finished something, they automatically cracked a book and started reading. Uh, but in the current school, the students' behaviors aren't quite like that. So, you know, they have a love of reading. And, and, and also in the article that was published, I think it reminds us that if students have reading dis disabilities, reading disorders, you know, they're gonna focus more on the lexicons and putting the letters together and making sure the letters are correct and making sure enunciation happens correctly. And if you over-focus on mechanics, you, you, you really miss the point of the article. It's just like me trying to learn stats. Uh, I over-focused on the math and didn't really understand the concepts. And so I, th I think it just reminds us to uh, help the students remember probably what they were taught in the fifth grade or fourth grade or third grade about reading narrative. It doesn't hurt to remind them that. Not you need to do this every day, but just try to make that explicit. And if you have students who are challenged by reading, uh, do exactly like Savannah does, and that's read the narrative to them, uh, but give them time to reflect on that narrative before bombarding them with a bunch of questions. Yes, giving them some processing time. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the FP5R is kind of designed to do, right? Can you yes. like walk us through each of those? So survey, do I understand? Like that's just a quick, scan. that's a quick read. That's the scan. That's the scan. Um, and then can you walk us through just what does it look like to question, to read, respond? Like, how does that actually go in, like, for each of those steps? Right. Um, so it would be if you had a passage about cattle, um, you would read or scan through it. I'm sorry, scan through it. In your mind, you would ask, okay, I don't necessarily understand this part. I don't understand why, why do they call it a ruminant stomach? What, what does that mean? Um, then they'll read through it again and um, respond, record, recite, review, um, which basically means like they can highlight, they can write on the margins. Um, if it's online, like I know my students are, um, they have iPads, so they are able to highlight with their Apple pen um, and then just being able to go back through it to try to answer those questions that they had in the beginning. All right. Well, thanks for giving us that quick quick review on all that. That really helps. And so, Hung, um, you were gonna you're gonna we, we interrupted your insight there to help get us all caught up on what that was. And so, looking forward to what what you're gonna share with us. Thank you, Dr. Meyer. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, I'm not an ag science teacher, and I've never been to an ag science teacher. 
but uh, this metacognition strategy uh, we uh, designed, not we designed just like the theoretically it aligned with the information precise uh, information process theory. So the goal for this metacognitive reading strategy, uh, which broke down to seven steps, uh, is help students to transfer the information from short-term memory to long-term memory. So that's the theoretical part of this uh, metacognitive uh, reading strategy. For example, the survey step is the first step help students to understand the main con con contact of the, uh, the messaging and by asking them question to get their attention. And then the read, um, the respond, the recite and the record uh, steps help the students to uh, transfer the scientific information into their own language. So basically helping them to um, um, understand the concept and uh, transfer the information from short term and to long term. So that's the theoretical part of this strategy uh, we used in our study. So I think you did a nice, nice job of uh, summarizing that, Pong. Um, and I, and I think you probably inadvertently provided us with a definition. But help, help unpack this idea of uh, metacognition a little bit more for ag teachers. And what's that? What's that mean um, at the high school level when we're when we start using this term metacognition? Oh, of course. So um, metacognition is thinking about your thinking. So um, our study, the, the goal of our study is uh, actually, Savannah already talked about, about the, the basic idea. So we would love to uh, increase our agri-science teachers' awareness to help students to use this uh, metacognitive uh, reading strategy. So some of us probably were not familiar with this since it's a fancy word. So hopefully our study can increase the, our agri-science teacher so they can start using this in their real world or uh, using their like a real classroom um, or, or curriculum development. And the second thing is based on our study, we found uh, after we teach students how to use SQ5R, so they definitely took a long time uh, to uh, adopt the strategy. So we recommended um, our agri-science teacher to give students more time when they're teaching this strategy to let them reflection and recoding. So like the theoretical part I talk about, give them more time to change or to transfer their information from short term uh, to long term. So um, um, basically, uh, we encourage our agri-science teacher to uh, introduce this strategy to uh, their classroom. Hopefully, we can help students to uh, you know, get rid of the perception of reading scientific is hard. Um, so I think um, Savannah so probably have more um, perspective, like how to use this in the real classroom. Right. Um, definitely. Obviously, 
a student who is more hands-on learning, maybe they want to do ag mech. So a lot of our students here in my area, we are surrounded by chemical plants. Um, so they know that after high school, they either want to go work at a chemical plant, they want to work in oil and gas, they want to be a welder. Um, before you can weld or be in industrial um, occupations, you obviously must have some knowledge. Um, they're always begging to go to the shop. When are we going to go to get to the shop? When can we go to the shop? Like, are we going to the shop today? That's always their first question. Um, but obviously you have to know your safety first. You have to know how to do what you're doing. You need to be able to identify certain tools. And this goes along more than just ag mech. This can be any um, occupation within agriculture, whether it's animals. Um, you must know information before you actually go and do and have that laboratory setting. So um, being able to break down um, information, process it better. And like she said, short term to long term, this is going to last them probably their whole entire life because career and technical um, occupations like agriculture, they do require having some knowledge. So um, seeing that in the classroom and then also connecting it for the bigger picture, which is in their future when they leave high school. This is fantastic, and thanks for breaking all this down for us. And I want to go back to what you, both of you just were talking about. We know this works. We know it's good for them. You know, it's kind of like taking our medicine every day. The medicine is good for us, but sometimes it doesn't taste real good. So what, what advice or what encouragement can you give for teachers as you're trying to get your students to do this? Because Fung mentioned it takes some time to get them, right. the students to know what you're doing here and get through that how did you encourage yourself to implement this and what words of, of, of encouragement do you have for other teachers to say yep I want to do this but I know it's going to take me you said some you said a long time we're talking weeks months semesters years whatever it takes to, to get these students ready to do that how, how do I not give up too early right I think Dr. Baker said it best um whenever he was talking to me earlier, um, he was saying that repetition is key. So by repeating, doing things over and over and over again, that's how you learn. And um, by implementing it into the classroom every day, it's kind of like a warm up. If you have a warm up on the board every day, they come into the classroom, they have to do their warm up. We take role, they know the schedule. Um, I think implementing it and making sure they know that this, you have to follow this or this is a good idea if you have a hard time reading or understanding um, and just putting it into play. Obviously, some students don't want to participate and it takes a little bit more than um, some of the others, but um, definitely repetition is key. I think Dr. Baker said it best. Yeah, and, and just to get at that, you know, my philosophy is what is probably influenced by all of your philosophy too is you really can't make a learner learn if the learner is not willing to learn. So, sure. the, you know, and some students, even the same student over a period of days, we've seen sometimes they're engaged, sometimes they're less engaged. And, you know, these are just kids. So we have to be patient with them uh, as they engage or disengage in the content. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's, I think it's a, it's a long-term process to try to get them to fall in love with the content that we're in love with, which is agriculture and and all the components of ag and natural resources and the life sciences. And, and you know, some are going to fall in love with it, some are not going to fall in love with it. 
um, but just take them as far as we can and never give up on them. And to be, you know, it's just using all the teaching and learning techniques that we have at our disposal to motivate them, uh, to encourage them to be their cheerleader, to be their coach, find something that they, they really enjoy doing. Because uh, that, that makes your job more enjoyable. Uh, and part of that is, you know, if we talk about workforce and preparing students for a workforce, you know, we, we all know how important it is for them to engage and be able to understand technical knowledge. Um, and if they're not able to do that, then it's, then, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge for them. Uh, but, every, you know, everyone that works in the refining factories or oil refinement area that Savannah's in and her students, uh, you know, they're high paying jobs, but they also expect students, uh, workers to engage and change and learn new things as they go along. So nothing magic. There's no magic. There's no pixie dust. It's what our good ag teachers do on a daily basis, just slug it out with them, be patient with them, encourage them, uh, but uh, try to get them to fall in love with the subject matter they're most interested in. Once again, Dr. Baker says the, the right thing again, impact in there. I, I always tell our pre-service teachers, you got to remember you're not normal. And by that, I mean, you're not normal because you got you were excited about agriculture and ag education. You were passionate. You decided to do this. Not every student in your classroom is going to be as excited about agriculture as you are. And so you've, you, you've got to make sure you're you're patient with them in, in uh, working through this process, but also patient with yourself, because as Matt mentioned, there's, there's the same student one day is going to be engaged and the next day. The girlfriend broke up with them or the dog got ran over or whatever else it's prom i got to figure out who's going out with who and so you gotta you gotta suck it up and come back the next day and and, and take a take a take a go at it again you hit that one on the nail right there that is a my daily life <laughs> well this has been a, a great conversation and it makes me think of some work that um we had a student do here um around the egg mechanic side of things uh, very similar where it was kind of thinking out loud when they were in the shop um problem solving through the working on small engines and doing those kind of things and so same sort of pro process same sort of experience and and so this is some really really great stuff and you know, within our disciplines, we're always thinking and we're, we always want to develop critical thinkers. We want to develop uh, problem solvers and kind of goes back to what Matt said um, earlier. We, we have to take the, um, the implicit and make it explicit uh, because uh, for some of our students, reading and other skills may come a little bit more naturally, but it, it's a developmental process for a lot of our students. And so we need to help students have strategies that will help them be successful as readers and and as lifelong learners and and certainly for our teachers to providing that that routine or a process for enhancing uh reading and, and developing those reading skills are important as well so uh savannah pong matt thank you for your time today thank you for your great work and uh, i'm sure there'll be a lot of conversations in ag teacher land about how we can implement that thank you Thank you for having us. Thank you.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.